0: Hey everybody, Beards and Dunn are back again. Hey Beards, Dunn, how are you, buddy? I uh, couldn't be better. I'm on vacation. I'm actually uh, recording this down at Atlantic Beach. All uh, oh, right, we've got an oceanfront house. It's kind of a cool story. Karen and I were at a silent auction for the American Heart Association. Oh gosh, several months ago, and a gal gave her beachfront house up as a prize. She donated, it's nice. usually you know two, two or three thousand dollar for a week to stay on the ocean, on the beach. And so it was a silent auction, and, and I thought, Gosh, Karen, let's we've we've done this before. We've rented a house, and and then uh, you know split it with our families, our kids, right. and you know we it it's kind of pricey to do it by yourself. So we started this auction out, and we started bidding, and it was silent. So you'd get on your phone, and you'd see like I put in <laughs> fifteen hundred. Somebody put in sixteen hundred. I put in seventeen, and and we got to it got to two thousand dollars. And I told Karen, and we had like thirty seconds left, and they said, Get your last bid in. I said, Karen, we'll <laughs> do one more. I thought maybe the other family or couple will quit at two. Right. So I put in I put in like twenty-one and we got it. And so nice. um yeah, so we are here, our 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 kids, Ben and is is here, and Stephanie, his wife, uh Callie and John, our daughter and son in law, and Shauna and Nick and Landon, our other daughter, son in law, and grandson, we're all gonna be here at the beach for a week. Oh, uh, how much fun uh, is that gonna oh, be? It, it's a riot. It's a riot. Now Fish and opener. Was that today in Minnesota?
1: Yeah, May 13th. Oh. Today uh, Today is a big fishing opener. And Mikey, you know, that's something I always look forward to uh, every year. In fact, we're one of the only states that has a closed season on like game fish like walleyes and northern pike. And and even from a biological standpoint, it doesn't really matter. You can, you know, like in South Dakota, North Dakota, you can fish them all year long for the walleyes I'm talking. But Minnesota, it is such a tradition and I always open up on a lake just east of Bemidji called Big Lake, and uh, the last couple of the last couple of openers have been the the bite has been a little bit tough out there. You know, the ice just went out less than oh, about ten days ago, and so that water's <laughs> <20 day. laughs> yeah, that water's pretty cold. And uh, but the the fishing will only get better. And it's it's just good to get out there on the lake, and we're, we're out there doing a little filming today, and um, the weather was nice. So uh, yeah, the the. Uh, The fishing is back going strong here in Minnesota.
0: I can't imagine. You know, I think in Minnesota, this is like a national holiday. Fishing opener, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. It it (laughs) really is. It's something that some people, a lot
1: of the people, the only days they fish is today and then tomorrow. And, you know, nine years out of ten. The fishing opener is always on Mother's Day weekend. so. Um, oh, but I'm, wow. I'm, I'll be yeah. out again tomorrow morning. But then uh, <laughs> Jill and I are going to go for a nice little bike ride tomorrow afternoon.
0: Good for you guys. All right. Well, you know, let's see. I can't even hardly remember where we left off. Oh, that's right. You and I finally got to meet at South Dakota State in the fall of 1978 for cross-country season. And um, I guess, you know, kind of picking off for of that whole story left off the you got there we met started you know the you got introduced to the team Mike and Mark Bills Joel and Paul Brant, Ken Cezadlo you know Coach Underwood and uh and then let me just interrupt for a second sure because you know
1: I you know you guys just took me under your wing so quickly but I know this wasn't something we're gonna we're gonna even on our little list to talk about but do you but I it just hit me all of a sudden do you remember I'd been there maybe a week and remember, oh, yeah. I I took off. I loaded up all my oh. bags
0: <laughs> and left. Well, I, I was. it's not on our outline, but I, I was wondering if we should visit about that. Because, you know, here's my take on it. You were there, but I know, you know, and you've mentioned, you, you know, your dad. You know, I met your dad. He was a great guy. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, had some strong opinions and he right. was a worker. I mean, he, he basically made his way in the world. I don't think anybody right. handed that guy anything. So, you know, here's his son you know, kind of not really wanting to go to college and then, you know, kind of doing it for the running side of it, more than anything. And so I know that you and him and and I know even Coach Underwood got involved. you want to kind of take it from there?
1: Yeah, so I remember my dad was just, you know, kind of just didn't want me to be going out there even though I was on getting a partial scholarship and everything And, and I just got out there and finally one day I just, I remember waking up and I just packed all my bags. I don't think I told anybody. I just I just took off and went home, and that night, I remember sitting around the supper table with my folks, and my dad might have had a martini or two <laughs> that night. Anyhow, Coach Underwood talked, and gosh, my dad, I remember Coach Underwood talking to him, and the next morning, I remember getting up, and I was going to go meet a guy in Rochester that had a dairy farm that was looking for somebody to kind of take it over, and I I was planning to go down there. I wasn't going back to Brookings. And then about eleven o'clock that morning, I just thought about you and about the camaraderie that I'd made in such a short period of time with all of my other teammates. And I thought, I'm 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 going back. And I remember I loaded my pickup truck and I was driving about ninety miles an hour and I I, I got out there for the afternoon practice. practice. Yeah. And I remember I felt like I was coming home from war or something, all you guys (laughs) were, you know, like
0: Beards is back, Beards is back. It's, it was, you know, and my take on it was we, we kind of heard, I don't know if through coach Underwood that you had left and, or you had missed a workout. And so like that next day, I think we ran by your dorm and we looked through the windows of your dorm room. Cause I think it was locked. Right. You could not get in your room. To, and we looked through the windows. I remember it was Joel and Paul Brandt and I, maybe Mark Bills. I can't remember. There's a bunch of us and there was nothing in there. It's like we go, "Your no. stuff's all gone. And we, we couldn't find your pickup truck. Wasn't in the parking lot. The spot it usually had it sitting in. So we went over to, to the workout and we, and we said, Beards is gone. And he's like, what? Beards is gone. Go, his, <laughs> his dorm room's empty. And it was like, oh, we were so disappointed. And, and, and I think that was the night he probably called your dad and, yes. and looking for you and making sure you were, you know, did to d- disappear, you know. And, and I know that your dad and Undy had not probably the most cordial right. visit on the phone. and, and it, But, you know, I think, you know, Undy respected your dad as a, you know. and Right. As an old, older than him and that sort of stuff and kind of kept it on the QT. But, yeah, that, you know, and I can't remember the day. But we were at practice and you come running up to the hyper center. Yeah. And it was, it was like, you know, and it wasn't like, and I got to be honest with you, it wasn't like we, we were happy because, oh, now we can do better as a team. Nobody was thinking right. about race results. We just really liked you and were disappointed that, you know, gosh, we, we just got to meet this guy. He's a great guy and now he's gone. And it was just like, man, it was so disappointing, but we're so exciting to have you back. And 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 you kind of said, I'm back and I'm here to stay sort of thing. And Oh, for sure. Because...
1: I, I felt the same way when I, it's like, man, I'm letting down these new teammates of mine and gosh, dang it. I'm going, I'm, I'm going back out there, whether my dad
0: likes it or not. Well, I'm sure glad you did. Cause we wouldn't be sitting here talking today probably no. if you wouldn't have, and I'm not sure you would have gone on to run a, a two-way ex- marathon. Absolutely. I, 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 yeah. So things, isn't it kind of weird? And I talked to, you know, I do cardiac rehab and work with heart and pulmonary patients that have, some really tough situations, health issues, chronic health issues, and, and some of them get really depressed and de- you know and down. And I've had people come back and said, and I, and I know people are going to wonder how this is possible, said, you know, that was such a, 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 I don't know what you call it, pivotal moment. It's kind of like a reality check. When your health and life is on the line and you start changing behaviors and, and attitudes, how I've had people, and I know you're going to call me a liar, Said it was the best thing that ever happened to him. You know, having a heart attack, and now that's 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 an uh, that's a really positive person who can take something that negative. But because of the 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 changes they made into their life, the lifestyle, the people that came into their life, because of that, you know, they start reevaluating their priorities and things. Absolutely, and it, it's life changing for them. But kind of like you know, and I know you've said it, and it maybe seems small, small. You know, finishing a marathon can change your life because the kind right. of uh, you know, emotional, you know, self confidence and self esteem sure. that that gives somebody it. It, does, it you kind of take the the blinders off and the world is there at your fingertips. But no, sometimes. Well, anyway, so, yeah, yeah. Well, we better get it, to talking it, about some other well, things here, Mike. Well, you know, I was going to kind of just let everybody know um, if you go to the, our website, you know, on the run with beards and done. I've got uh, a, a, a post on there. It's under extras. Um, if you click on it, it's kind of a synopsis of our of our season um, and some photos and stuff. And and I and so I even had to, you know, as I went back and, and looked through some of the results, you know, we went, our first race of the year was up at St. Cloud Invitational, St. Cloud, Minnesota. And I had won the race the year before, which was like the only college race. Now, I won a bunch of races in high school, but when you get to college, it's a whole different oh, league, yes. play and field because runners in college aren't there just because they um, uh, like running. It's because usually... It, they really like running absolutely it's not just a hobby anymore and so you get nothing but but serious people yeah and our, and our websites on you know beardsanddunpod.com. but um i had won the race the year before so i was coming back and i was excited because i had a good good experience about that race and and you were there and you and i just remember this your mom came yes and watched and that was so cool because you took me over to your mom's car and introduced me to your mom and she was just the greatest gal and yeah. And, uh, yeah and so that that was a treat for me and so we're sitting there you know before the race starts man some weather started rolling in a cloud bank and I'm not ex- <laughs> dick you correct me if I over exaggerate a freaking tornado That's we right. were sitting on a van and the freaking van slid oh. in the parking lot it actually moved with a bunch of runners in it I can't the believe we, they, we we didn't had tip that over meat. oh though just This It was wind shear, torrential rain. This was like 15 minutes before the race was supposed to start. And then it blew through. Right. It was like calm. And my gosh, everything was soaking wet. There were tree branches down. All the course (laughs) markings, whatever course markings were supposed to be there, they were gone. And the coaches were like, well, gee, the weather looks good now. And As long uh, as we're here. We're here. We might as well do this. (laughs) And there was standing water, and and we had I, I we had to go through some mud puddles. There's some photos Wait, I don't have done. It was me.
1: true cross country.
0: Oh, it was a real thing. Well, we take off, and it's on a driving training course. They had a, 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 a their their cross country course was a driving course where they do like driver's ed, and, right. and I don't know if the police department used it for evasive driving maneuvers, but it was a closed road course. But then we'd head off into this, these fields. There was sun. I remember the sunflower fields. Well, anyway. We took off in like at one, one and a half, two miles. Beards, you and I were up in the front row. Yes. And uh, yeah, we were at, we were leading it. And I was the defending champ at this race. So I kind of felt it was my responsibility. I'm up front <laughs> and I'm trying to think, and I, I should remember this course. I ran it last year. And so we got off the road and headed into the, some dirt, which was now mud. And I took a left and everybody, you know, I didn't, you know, like, oh God, I think we go left here. And it was left or right. I went left and Beards, <laughs> you're right on my shoulder. And we ran about a half a mile. Into a fence. The road actually dead-ended. We should have taken a right when we took a left. Well, Dick and I go from first place to last place in a field of probably, oh, 100-plus runners. Because when we hit that fence and stopped, well, it was kind of the the trickle of the traffic jam behind us all. Well, the guy who was in last place, he turned around, and he's in first place (laughs) now. And so I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, when you're running and you're pretty Mm. intense, I was upset. You know, because it's like, man, I can't believe you know they had nobody we at that upset. corner. Oh, we were not happy, and you know, no markings because I think they got blown away in the yep. tornado. Well, we're in last place, and everybody turns around, and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking, well, these guys should all run to the farthest point of the course, like you and I did, <laughs> and then we should be at the front. Yeah, right. nobody when we when they saw us go in the opposite direction, people were turning around and oh, cut yeah. They were heading back. They were, and well, all at once, I thought, man, I think if we cut through this field. We'll be back on the course, back at the front where we belong. So I took off, and you were right with me, and I think Joel or Paul or a bunch of these guys, we started running through this field, and it was a sunflower field. Yes. Now – I'm not, I'm from South Dakota. We don't grow sunflowers in South Dakota. We pick them out with, with bean hooks. Cause if you get sunflowers <laughs> in your corn, that's not good. It, it, it drives on the price and all this kind of makes your corn dirty, but they were growing sunflowers up there for the oil or whatever they use them for. And in the fall, those giant sunflower heads, they droop. It they're like, they're brutal. dead. And they, and they, they, they're right at about shoulder height. So we're running through a sunflower field as fast as we can between the rows <laughs> But I'm just getting nailed and I know you everybody was getting nailed by these heads of sunflowers. Oh, and it I mean, hurt. It, oh, I mean you try to dodge you wouldn't hit it little not let them hit you in the head, but they'd hit you in the shoulder. And and I and I mean it took forever to get through this field. And we finally popped out onto a road, and now there's runners ahead of us because it didn't really I don't think it saved us hardly any no. time. And amazingly enough uh, I, I know Joel Brandt, I think was our top runner that day, finished like third or fourth place. You were fifth place. I remember that. I thought, how in the heck Beards got from fifth to, from last to fifth. I got 12th. I remember that because, you know, and I was thinking, man, if I just. Done. We did how pretty we're darn coming. good considering we did good. <laughs> what happened. Oh, it was. And so that was our, our first race of the season was. Very calm and close. No, it was kind of chaos. There were no team points, and that was okay. We would have won the team title because we had five of the top 11 places. I am just, I was just looking at the results here. Yeah. Well, then the, the next week, we head over to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and it was the uh, Midwest uh, US TFF, which is United States Track and Field Federation. They, they had All these old programs they don't even have anymore. It had a cross-country championship, and there were some really good teams there. I remember Hal Higdon's son – I think his name was Kevin, won the race. Yes. Um, and again, I think Joel Brandt was right up there, uh, was one of our top runners. We took six out of the top 20 places, won the team title. And if they go on our uh, uh, BeardsAndDonePod.com, they'll see a photo of the team shot of us holding the trophy. The next week, and, you know, we raced, uh, I think we had 10 races that cross-country season. And my, like eight, Dan, They eight eight don't eight do that anymore. No, I think it's four or five races I a love season. that. Uh, we raced and we raced twice a week because we had dual meets. Uh, yes. the next meet was USD dual. We put five in the top six. The only guy who broke up the perfect score for us was Dan O'Brien, and Dan he was is an stud. outstanding runner. Yeah, he won our conference. He was he beat us all at our conference meet. So the fact that he broke into our top five is 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 not that. Uh, and that unusual. was always
1: a big rivalry too. You know the Jacks and against the <laughs> Coyotes. And
0: and when we dueled them, we went down to their course that year because we'd go back and forth every other year, and they actually held it. At the Yankton Mental Hospital, the South Dakota State Mental Hospital that's right. on their on their grounds. And the joke always was: you know, if you see somebody running out there with us that don't look like they're cross-country <laughs> runners, and there's guys in white coats chasing right. them, you know, <laughs> stay out of their way, you know, stuff. But anyway, that's a whole but I remember that race beards, it was it was like 90 degrees, Hot. hotter than blazes. You ended up winning it. I was in second place, and Dan O'Brien got me like in the last mile or two. I know you forgot first. I was third and, and uh, we, we won the dual meet easily. Yeah. Then, then we had the Iowa state dual meet on our home course and Iowa state had always drilled us. I mean, they had a, Jeff Myers who, who unfortunately passed away in a, in a plane accident when he was in college was a sub four minute miler in college. And, and he was outstanding. And he, we'd run against him, and they, they almost perfect scored us. Well, and done. They used to year. remember they had a, a number of East African well, Kenyans. Uh, yeah. runners, Kenyans, Richard, on scholarship yep. Yep. there. Richard Kitani, who won our dual meet, and I, there's a great picture of us running against him. And and Dennis Barker, and Dennis yes. is a good friend of ours from Minnesota. He was on that team, and 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 so to beat Iowa State, uh, that was great. We we took six out of the top eight finishers in that dual meet. Uh, we then went to the SDSU Invitational, and geez, Dick, do you remember who might have won the SDSU Invitational in nineteen seventy eight? Did I win that that year? You did, Beard. You set the course record. That's right. Up until then, yeah, thirty yeah. fifty one, so sub five minutes. And our course was not a, an easy course; no. it was rolling, and the wind was usually howling one direction right. or another. And uh, and you won it. We took seven out of the top 10 places that day, and it was a great shot. We don't have a shot of you in that race, but there's a shot of me, Mark Bills, Joel, and Paul Brandt, a, f- a little group, a little nucleus of runners, and we were f- like running in third through sixth place that day. I think Dan O'Brien, again, he was. He was second behind you at the Estatio uh, okay. Invitational. And then uh, we went to Wisconsin, and Wisconsin was a highlight of us. You know, back in the glory days when Gary Bentley and Kyle Wold and some of these really outstanding runners at SESU, a lot of the Division I schools wanted Gary Bentley. He was such a great runner. They wanted him at their race. And Brian, Gary was from Chris, Australia, right? He was an Australian runner. He was, you know, a high-level, you know, Division I-caliber runner. Yeah, he was good. And they, they wanted him. And so they actually would invite and pay, kind of like they do with football teams, But Jay would uh, would take the cross country team to the Madison, Wisconsin, and they would pay our expenses. They would put us up and they actually the first few years put us up in dormitories. And I think, you know, so it was very good for the SDSU athletic department for us to go to that race. Plus, Jay liked taking us to that race because it was Hobo Day weekend. And I think Jay knew that Hobo Day weekend <laughs> at South Dakota State University, uh, nobody gets much sleep. It's crazy. It, it's homecoming and it's a wild, wild affair. So he always scheduled the SDSU cross-country team to be out of town that weekend, which was kind of a bummer for the runners. But, you know, we were there for the running and we were OK with that. We yeah. so go to, to Wisconsin and, um, you know, Wisconsin took the top four places. We, Mike Bills was the fifth and first non Wisconsin uh, finisher of that race. I, you know, as I look back at our results, it was amazing how we could go from, you know, you being our top runner, Joel being our top runner. I think I was never higher than our second runner on a couple occasions. Uh, Mike was definitely occasionally our first runner, but not always. But right. towards the end of the season, he was much, much more consistent. We had such a deep pool of talented runners. Absolutely. And it was kind of, and it kind of, who was on, who was on good form that day. And, you know, from week to week, your form would kind of, kind of flow and ebb and flow. We were always consistent, but you know, Mike ran really well there. He was fifth place overall. And I'm trying to remember um, that Wisconsin won the meet. We were second. It I was ran one of the, terrible. You, do, you did not run well. And we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> uh, we then had the university of Nebraska duel on our home course. We took top four out of five places, uh, we actually took 10 of the top 14 places. Wow. So again, the University of Nebraska, a, a, a good division program, one. a division one, came to our home course. And I don't want to say we spanked them, but we ran we, we ran them, well. Mikey. We, we did. Them. We did good. And then, um, then we got to the conference regional meet. And, and, uh, and I can't, I'm trying to remember where that race was. It was in North Dakota. That. Wasn't it, For, it North Dakota, North Dakota State. State? Yep. And I'm I'm going to tell you, you know, this was the end of our season. We had two races left. The conference and region was one, run simultaneously. So the North Central Conference was held, and then there was regional teams that weren't part of the conference were there running, so we had, like, two results at the end of the race. Right. One was looking at our conference, and the second one was looking at the regional, where certain teams that weren't in our conference were also at the race. Well, anyway, let's make, cut it short. If you go to the photo on our website, you'll see the top ten finishers of the North central conference and out of the top 10, seven of them are SDSU and actually out of the top nine finishers. So what it was was Dan O'Brien won the race, uh, Mike and Mark bills are second and third Dick. You were fourth. Joel Brant was fifth. I was sixth. Uh, Ken's was seventh. Paul Brant uh, was, uh, eighth or, or ninth. And, and Kurt Bacon was the North first North Dakota state runner. It was didn't tenth. get much better we, than that. No, we took 10, of seven of the top nine in the conference, actually uh, seven of the top 10, you know, counting the, the um, uh, Kurt Bacon in there, just two USC right. runners and, and Kurt Bacon broke us up. And so I, I mean, that was that was domination to the, you know, to take the conference because then our conference is always a, a, a good, a good uh, cross country conference. Then in the region, I think Mankato State, or there was, uh, yeah, because there were some Mankato guys. We took seven out of the top twelve places, and so easily won the region, easily won the conference, and so we're heading into the nationals, pretty on a high. You know, we would yep. run really well, and and so a week later, actually, I think it was two weeks later. We head to uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania for the national cross-country meet. And, uh, and, and, Dick, do you want to take over and, and kind of just fill in everybody how, you know, we ended up second. Yeah, and, we got uh, second,
1: you, and I remember it being such a hilly course. And I, I, did, I did not run very well that day, and you and I were kind of <laughs> duking it out for... Well,
0: well, if you didn't run well, I was behind you, Dick. Well, actually, we finished one second apart, 55th and 56th place in the whole national meet. We're our number four and five runners. I'm going to throw, you know, Mike Bills, again, outstanding. Uh, His third All-American performance, I think he was uh, 10th that day. Mark Bill or seventh, excuse me, seventh place. Mark Bills, after running the year before on a broken foot, finished 21st, so again, his second All-American finish. Uh, Joel Brandt in, in, you know... What a stud. uh, He was. Well, Dick, Joel, and I were not... (laughs) We're not feeling it, and uh, and I wish I could tell you what happened. Why, why did we run so well two weeks earlier, and then we get to this race, don't run well? If coaches could figure that out, right. they'd, they'd make these millions of dollars. But anyway, Joel, Dick, and I found ourselves kind of running in a little group, uh, suffering – You know, I I don't know how to put it. You know, I was running uh, as hard as I could. And I, you know, I was trying to, I remember Sam Beards, you know, go get them. And you're done. I'm not feeling it. You know, (laughs) you go get them and Joel Brandt, he's just hanging in there. And Undy, if anybody knows Scott Underwood, Undy goes a little nuts at cross country races. His voice usually is gone by the end of a race because Scott is a yeller. And, you know, as a runner, you're focused. You're in the zone. You really don't hear much, but trust me, I could hear Scott Underwood. Me too. But his, he, oh, his. you'd voice, hear him across the court. Oh, he, There he, was something he, about his
1: voice <laughs> that it was like, you know, <laughs> taking a whip to a, a horse to make it go quicker at the end of a race. Oh. You know, you heard that voice and you better kick her into gear.
0: He was out there and he was like, I you know- loved it. It did, yeah, yeah. I would never say, "Please don't yell at me, Coach Underwood," because I don't think he have cared anyway. But Coach Underwood was out there, and he was watching us, and he knew we weren't running well. And he, you know, Mike and Mark were doing their thing; they're in the top yep. top twenty, top twenty-five, that sort of thing. But our, you know, the top five score, you know, that's if you're going to finish in in the you know anywhere near the front as a team, your five top runners have to run well, and uh, we were not. And I remember with about a mile to go. Undy said, you guys have got to move up. You know, um, he already knew the team title was gone because Cal Poly SLO, they were, they were obviously out of California. They took four out of the top eight places that day. And their fifth guy was 27th, just out of all Americans. So they had four all Americans. They had four of the top eight. They almost perfect score right. the meet. And then their fifth guy was right up there, uh, right behind Mark, actually. So Undy knew we were not going to win this race. And, you know, I actually went back, Dick, and if you and I and Joel would have ran with Mark Bills. Yeah. And let's say we would have all finished All-Americans, you know, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. So we would have just had a great day. We're running the top two through four, five runners are running All-American performances. Cal Poly SLO would have drilled us. We couldn't have finished first because when they put four in the top eight. That's amazing. And, you know, and I, like I said, I think Mike might've been seventh place, even if we would have been right behind Mike. Right. We, I think we couldn't have beat him because no. they were just so good and so talented, but then he's thinking, okay, you know, f- first place is gone. We're not looking at second, third, fourth. We need top five. You know, if Mike Joel and Dick don't do something in this last mile, you can do the math when you're in 50th place times three, that's 150 points right, right. there. Three guys. Well, Andy's going nuts, and he says you guys have to move up. You have to move up, and I kid you not, I, I, you know, I was done. I couldn't. I was, I was trying to hang on to you, Dick, and I think you were kind of hanging on to. We were kind of feeding off each other, right. you know, just trying to encourage each other. Well, I just have to be honest. I just remember Joel Brandt took off, yeah, and you know, and he he started moving up, and I remember Andy's like, "Go with him, go with him," and there was no going with Joel. Nuh-uh. And in one mile, Joel moved up to 41st place, I think, if I remember right. And we were in 55th and 56th. So do the math. He passed because he was right there in front of, I mean, he was with us. In the last mile, he probably passed 12 or 13 runners. Now, if anybody's run races competitively, 10Ks, moving up in the last mile if unless you've really held back you've been keeping your you know saving that reserve you're smiling you're going i'm just going to wait till the last mile and beat these guys no we were all hurting and joel didn't care you know joel just put his <laughs> nose <laughs> to the wind and he took off and and i he disappeared he just i couldn't even see the guy he was passing runners and i, I couldn't even see him there was runners between him and me now And I remember, you know, we finished in 55th, 56th place, went through the finish shoot, and, you know, I was pretty bummed, and I don't think you were too excited. Race results are tabulated. South Dakota State University finishes second place by, like, two or three points over, like, the third, fourth, and fifth place team. Thanks to Joel. Well, Mike Bills, Mark Bills, obviously. Right. Thank you, Mike and Mark, for for doing your thing. Joel Brandt. One, you know we would not have finished probably in the top five unless he passed those 10 to 12 runners in the last mile and the you know we were like joel dude you know i don't, I don't know how you did it but thank you it's a good job and i know joel uh the rest of the day you know we were pretty on a high we got second to the national meet and he yeah. was like pretty philosophical he goes you guys we couldn't have won so don't you know don't beat yourselves up too right. bad because you know that that kyle poly slo was so dominant well long story longer Joel had a migraine headache i i think the guy almost gave himself a stroke you know i don't know what his blood pressure must have been in his brain that last mile he ran out dude, of his shoes he ran out of his shoes and um i tell you it, it was an all-american effort and i think Joel went on and got some all-american title uh you know uh, not- uh notoriety later right. in his career but that, that day to me, uh, he, uh, he, he impressed the heck out of me. And, and I, you know, I, Dick, I, I appreciate, you know, you and I hung. We did our, we did what we, I don't think anybody passed us in the last No, mile. But we had nobody, we weren't catching anybody. We were just hanging on for dear life. And hey, things turned out. We ended up second in the national media. Yeah. A nice team photo on our website, if you want to look at that. I think we got enough time for one last little bit of a story. And we're going to yes. go back to that Wisconsin Invitational on Hobo Day weekend, and um, I'm going to start it, and I'm going to let Dick kind of take off. Dick was an RA, Resident Assistant at the dormitories. It was part of his work study scholarship. I think that you, yeah, you yes. got to be, you know, to help you cover your expenses. And the dormitory directors all made the decision, and maybe this was historical: the resident assistants on Hobo Day, Friday night, are in the dorm, basically guarding their dorms because <laughs> kids on homo Day, on it's... Homecoming, get a little. It, they get a little wild, and oh, they'll yeah. they'll paper they'll paper their dorm. They'll they'll do stuff, you know that they're kind of mischievous. And they weren't going to um uh in hobo day. If people don't know, it's the homecoming, the uh, jackrabbits. And I don't even know the traditional where hobos became kind of the home the homecoming mascot, but it's just it's tradition. It's and a it's weekend a wild, party. It's a weekend party, and uh, Dick was told by the you know he would be in the dormitory friday night well we're driving to madison wisconsin friday afternoon for our race on saturday yeah, they wouldn't and they let said, me Whoa. go they wouldn't let dick go and and coach underwood to his credit said you know we've got this outstanding team and we're we're developing we want us we need dick to be on our team and so he went to the athletic director and i think it was harry Mer- uh, uh, manshine at the time and um i don't know how Andy did it but the SDSU Athletic Department chartered a plane, a, a private plane. plane, a private plane. And Dick was in the dorm Friday night. Dick, I don't know if you got any sleep Friday night or very little guarding the dormitory because you had an all male dorm. And so what time did you have to get on that airplane? I think about, I think three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, something like that. To get, yeah, because, you know, the airplane can maybe fly 150 miles an hour, 170. Yeah, it's well, a, single a, single a small four prop. seater. Yeah, yeah, and so it's not like a jet that's going to get you there in an hour. No. But it's probably a couple-hour flight. You had to land, and uh, Don Lee was our assistant coach, a graduate assistant. You had to be escorted. They couldn't let an athlete fly alone. An assistant coach, a, a, right. a graduate assistant. Somebody had to be a chaperone, and, and so he flew with you. And then Undy, I remember he got us. We got up, had a little breakfast. I think he dropped us off at the course, headed to the airport to get you. And got you to the course in time to do a little bit of a warm-up. Just a little and, bit. And the gun went off. And, and there's some photos I have. I haven't posted them because post Dick and I look like fish out of water <laughs> gasping for air. It's one of the few. And, I, and I'm and i not breaking. I think I ended up 12th at that race. And I think, Dick, you ended up 20th, if I remember oh, correctly. Oh, I had a bad were, day. You were our fifth man. And uh, we got second to the University of Wisconsin. It wouldn't have mattered one way or the other. Well, you know, we did a two-and-a-half-mile warm-up. We did a five-mile race. We did a two-and-a-half-mile cool-down. That was kind of our tradition, warm-up, yeah. race, cool-down. And then we, uh, you know, got loaded up in the van, and we took you and Don Lee back to the airport to catch yes. the flight back to Berkins. And then uh, the rest of us were going to hit the road, Madison, Wisconsin, to Berkins. And so when we got a to the airport— A long drive, Oh, it's 5 hours good, 5 solid 5 hours and we're leaving in the afternoon now and so we're we're not going to get back until it'll be dark probably and and uh there we noticed and you mentioned the plane was a four seater and the pilot, you, Don Lee, the assistant coach, a grad assistant and there was an empty seat. Right. And so we said to Undy we go, "Well, look, there's an empty seat that's already been paid for. We should and I kind of said, you know, I think one of us seniors <laughs> should get to fly back." You know. Yeah, was, the senior name Seniors, you know, yeah, well, there were only three seniors on the team that year. Oh, there were four. And 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 all the rest of the teams and the girls team was with us. They're all like, yeah, no, that's not right. We're not just letting the senior, some senior fly back. And so we said, well, let's, you know, the only fair thing to do is let's draw straws. or We had cards. We always played cards. So let's draw cards. And the high card will get the seat and get to go back. Right. You'll know, be back in the afternoon. You know, a couple hours, you'll be back in Brookings. where the rest of us will be not even halfway home on the van ride. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, man, my girlfriend, Karen, and Dick was dating his first wife, Mary, at this time. And so our girlfriends were waiting. In fact, they're going to be picking Dick up at the airport because they knew he was flying back. And I'm thinking, I got to get on that plane. And uh, and so we (laughs) started shuffling cards. And everybody started. And we said, well, what if two people draw aces? Well, Ken Cezadlo, who who's the smartest guy on the team, he had this hierarchy like you know hearts beats diamonds, diamonds beat spades, club ace of club wins. You know if, if there's two aces drawn and done. Weren't you be, before we even started? Oh, I was cards. offering money. Yes, I was offering money. I said, look, <laughs> if anybody buy gets the wins this, I will pay you. And I, I was thinking how much money I had in my checking account. I had fifty bucks. I said, I'll pay you fifty dollars. Right. I'll pay fifty dollars for anybody who wins this because I'm not feeling that confident. And some of the girls, I remember, very. I think they didn't care. They go, yeah, Mike, I'll $50. I'll sell you my... If I win it, I'll sell it. Some of the guys were like, no way. I want to get right. back, too. And, nobody, and I was like, oh, man. So I grabbed a card. Everybody's flipping their cards over finally. And and somebody had, like, the Ace of Diamonds. And I can't even remember who it was. And they all said, well, and the, the only thing you could win was Ace of Spades. And, they and all the only Mike, one that I, hadn't flipped their card yet that was, was me. done. Because I was saying, I want... And everybody was gathered around, and I t- and they're looking. I turn my card over, and it's the ace of spades. Oh my god And Dick and I grabbed. We jumped, We were hugging like little schoolgirls, jumping up and down. We were. And every and oh man, we and were high fiving Oh, they were kicking. Everybody dirt. else they could were not spitting. believe it. Well, I wanted it so bad. I was like the last guy they wanted to get it. Now, I shouldn't say, we all loved each other and everybody got along. No, but they didn't want you to get it because they knew you and I were such good buds. (laughs) They did. It's almost like, well, God, those guys are making us sick. You know, all they do is hang out together with their girlfriends. And I got the freaking flight. And we got on the flight. I had a smile, the biggest smile on my face. We we didn't run that great, but we didn't care that day. We were getting on a plane and flying home. And. And Beards, you want to say how we enjoyed that flight? Well,
1: wasn't it? Do you remember it? Well, kind of. Did we have a little bit of a problem at one
0: point or something? All I remember is that sucker took off, and the guy was a great pilot, I guess. We flew into a cloud bank, and I couldn't see nothing except white. It looked like you're inside of a a, a cotton ball, and it's a single prop, little airplane. And I just remember I've never been in a single – I've been in jets, you know, commercial flights – this thing just rocked back and forth like a rowboat, like a canoe. It's like canoeing. You're never feeling really that secure in a canoe. Well, in a single prop airplane, I was about ready to puke. I mean, I was like, I couldn't see. The plane's rocking. It was all nasty. Know, we're, flying, we're flying straight into the ground. I don't know. I just remember I put my coat up over my head. And that was scary, Don. It. it was a scary flight. Well, anyway, we buzzed the stadium as the Hobo Day football homecoming game was ending. And we landed. Our girlfriends pick us up. I even have a picture of me getting out of the plane that my girlfriend, (laughs) my wife took. And we then go, great. We head back to our dorms. Our girlfriends... We're, we're making plans for the evening we'll take an eye we have to go for a run you know we're home in the afternoon and it's early and we've only run we ran the race this morning so we go out for an easy five mile run told our girlfriends we're going to order pizza we'll be over to the dorm like at seven six o'clock six through order pizza and we so we went out did our easy five so okay we got 15 miles in for the day and we have to do a 20 miler the next day on sunday <laughs> and so we we hang out with our girlfriends and we started playing board games, the game of life. I remember we played the yeah. game of life. We ordered pizza from George's Pizza, which is a traditional pizza place. They cut the pizzas into squares. Right. I've seen that great anywhere pizza. Else except, oh, great pizza, but they don't cut them into like p- pizza pie. Triangles. They can, cut them, yeah, they don't cut them into triangles. They cut them into squares. But we're eating pizza. It's like midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. We're just hanging out with our girlfriends. And finally, it's starting to catch up with us. And we're in the girls' dorm, and you're not supposed to be in the girls' dorm after midnight. So, (laughs) what you do, you'd you'd look down the hallway your girlfriend would look down the hallway and go, "Yeah, it's clear." And the guys would book to the fire escape, and you'd hear the, "Oh yeah," because you didn't want the girls getting in trouble for boys being in the room. They'd get rid up or something, and you'd hear the fire doors boom open as the boys would (laughs) run out of there. And so, and so Dick and I leave, or we get out. there, it's it like three in the morning. Yes. I am not exaggerating. We're going, man. We got I'm tired, and you said me too. And we go, well, let's get back to our rooms, get some sleep, and we'll go for a 20 miler tomorrow because that was on our training plan. And and so we're leaving is we we could walk through campus together. And then your count, your dorm is on the west side. Yes. Mine is on the south side. And we had to split. It's like, oh, Beards, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll we'll, I'll, you know, well, let's run it like noon or something. We'll do our 20 miler. Yeah, okay, okay, and then about. And beards. I swear, I don't remember if it was you or me, but we got about fifty yards apart, and one of us turned to the other and go. It hey. was me. And you go I... done. Let's just do it now, and then we can sleep all day tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm thinking that's a great idea. We're awake. It's like three three thirty in the morning. It's cool. Yeah. And you know, I well, let's just go do a twenty miler. We'll get it done. We'll be done by like six six thirty, and then we've got we don't have to run tomorrow. We have got our work done. It's already right. Sunday anyway. So I go, okay, Beards, I'm heading over to, I'm going to get my stuff. I'll meet you at your room. And he goes, all right. So I run, I head to my dorm, grab, throw a bunch of my dry, some clean shorts, <laughs> and my socks, my running shoes, head all the way across campus. Dick's in his dorm room now, getting, looking for his, a dry pair of socks or something that he can wear. So I get to the room and and I, I'm going to, well, I'm going to change into my running stuff and and Dick's changing and Dick, do you want to take it from there? So So Mike and I are in my dorm room
1: and you know, it's dark out and, I, uh, I, I didn't have my shades pulled down or nothing like that. So ground floor, ground ground floor. floor. So anyhow, Mikey and I are done. And I are, we're, we're getting dressed. So we're standing there. We're both buck naked, you know, looking for our running stuff. And and I happen, I happen to grab a (laughs) jar of Vaseline. <laughs> Why would you grab that jar of vaseline? Well, I was gonna lube my toes up or something. I think I yeah. might have had some blisters on them. Well, and oh.
0: chafing in the inside of your legs, right. we usually. And ch- you so know. all of a
1: sudden, like Mike is Mike, Mike is bent over, buck naked in front of the window, reaching down to get a pair of socks or something. I'm standing right behind him, buck naked, with a jar of <laughs> vaseline in my hands. And we kind and of, the window shades up. With the window shades up, and we both kind of looked and thought. Oh my God!
0: <laughs> we went and pulled the window shade down and oh my God. I think you pulled the window shade so hard, it pulled the roll yes. off the window. And we had to like put the window shade back on the window. And it's like if anybody had been walking by that window at four oh. in the morning, Hobo Day weekend, this would have made the school paper. Let me just put oh my it that way. Gosh. It was like,
1: Don, I, I tell you what, for sometimes out of the blue, that that memory comes back into my mind and it could be in the middle of the night and I'll wake up laughing.
0: Dick and I swore each other. We look oh, seriously. Yes. We, 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 we closed that window. We got our stuff on and we sit there for a minute. And we go, Dick. I said, we cannot tell anybody this story ever. Cause he goes, it's just not, it's just, it's, we just can't, you know, and especially back in go- those days. Oh, Oh yeah. And, and he goes, no, done. No, we'll never bring this up. And, and we had a we had a, a birthday party for Bob Bartling on it. This was 20 years ago. It was his 75th birthday. And I remember you and I made it back to yeah. South Carolina State. And we, we we actually told that story to our <laughs> alumni at our alumni <laughs> get-together. And this is the second time. And so, yeah, we've grown up in our comfort with our male sexuality and all this. Story. Now, the, the long story, the finishes story, we actually went out and did a 20-mile run. It was 4 a.m. And, you know, Dick and I are so enthusiastic. I don't remember being tired. You know, we were jacked up. We are ready to go run. And we said, where should we go? And I said, well, let's uh, let's run out to Lake Campbell. It's 10 miles out, 10 miles back. He was, ah, great idea. It's dark. I don't think it was moonlit. It was starlit. I remember the stars were out. And uh, think about this. We had run 15 miles that day. I doubt we drank a left. We didn't drink any no. water. We were on an airplane. We sat there and ate pizza. We probably drank a few Cokes with pizza. Yep. Pizza was so salty. Well, we run 10 miles in the dark to Lake Campbell. There's a golf course there. Yep. And I was parched. I mean, I Me was, too. oh my God, I couldn't even spit. And it was pitch black. And I, thought, I told Dick, I said, Dick, there's got to be a water fountain around this clubhouse. They have to water the grass around here. And I kid you not, we got down on our hands and knees and I was feeling on the wall of the clubhouse because yep. it was dark. I couldn't see. And we found a spigot, a water, because we knew there had to be a water spigot on this building. We turned the spigot on. And the water's come shooting out. And we cupped our oh. hands and on our hands and knees, we slurped down. A, I don't know, you know, enough water to quench our thirst, but not enough to give us a gut ache. And we shut the water off, got up, turned around and ran the 10 miles back to our dorms, to your dorm. And I remember it was 6 a.m., 6.15. Yep. We probably averaged about 6, 6.30. Pace. Right. And, and the sun was coming up as we got into downtown Brookings. And we had it straight to your dormitory and we got into your dorm. It was like 630. Beards, I was like, I said I, I and he had a bunk bed and yes. then he had a room. I crawled into his top bunk, didn't shower. No. I took off my shoes and socks, took off my t-shirt, I crawled up there. Dick threw a pillow and a sheet on me. <laughs> I passed. It was 6. I, I fell asleep. Oh. And he, he crawled in. I don't, th- I don't know if you even showered. No. I was so told. And I remember I woke up at noon. So we got about six yes. hours. Five and a half, six hours. And I was so hawking hot because the sun was up. <laughs> and I was laying up there. And, and I'm all salty. And I'm sweaty. And oh, I'm on I'm the sticky. top bunk. Oh, I got out of there. I think I walked back to my dorm, showered. Well, not to say, you know, we ran 35 miles in a 24-hour period with zero sleep. Definitely not enough fluids in us. No. And when you're 21 or 22, it just seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. You know, look, and I know the next week or two, I know I ran poorly at you know, with the North, Nebraska Duel. I know you, I think it really did not uh, help us. Oh, no, I think the it kind of the few, it took nailed the edge us a little bit. Oh, it did. And, you know, and at the time you might think, what were you guys thinking? we just thought that was what we had to do. It was a, you know, we, like well, I yeah. said, if the coach would have said, jump off that wall. We had to jump, but
1: we had to do a 20 miler and, and done, you know, you're, you're when you're 21, 22 years old, whatever we were at the time, it's like, you know, you, you feel like you could run through a brick wall and you know, you just, that's
0: the kind of things we did back then.
1: So it I was know. all, I, know.
0: I you know, Dick, we can look back at it and laugh now, but I, I, uh, I don't think we'll laugh. Uh, we weren't laughing that day after no. that 20 miler. But it's, you know, like, But it's, it's, uh, Yeah, it's a it's, great. Oh, we created a memory, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening yeah. in today. And uh, we got a lot more things coming up here in our next podcast coming <laughs> oh, up. Yeah, and, this uh, is the beginning. <laughs> you know, we want to thank you guys for listening. And if you have any questions for Dunn and myself or comments about the show, you can contact us directly at our website at beardsanddunpod.com. Or leave us a comment on your Facebook, Instagram, I should say on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all at Beards and Done pod exclamation point.
0: <laughs> I love it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to tell, hit the like and comment. And we'd love if you subscribe. Well, anyway, thanks everybody for if you tuned in and, and sat through this. I hope you <laughs> hope you got a little something out of it. Dick. Good luck fishing, and I'm going to be at the beach. Yeah, enjoy the beach. (laughs) All right, parents, you have a great day. All right, guys, we'll
1: see you next week, buddy.